Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Today, you'll hear Brian's annual Bold Predictions, a broadcast where he discusses the economy and the real estate industry in 2020. If you want to see the actual broadcast video, you can go to buffiniandcompany.com slash bold2020. In the meantime, let's listen in to Brian. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, the top of the morning to all of you. And welcome to all of you watching our annual Bold Predictions. We've had great success with this over the years. We have a team of researchers here at Buffini & Company. We've had a chance to predict some pretty good things in the market over the years. Pretty good and also help our clients prepare for the pretty bad, whether it be the Great Recession, whether it be the foreclosure flood that came, whether it be the shortage of inventory. We were a year ahead of that story. And so now what we really have a chance to do, there's so much data out there, is really try to cut through the clutter help clarify a message, help you navigate the market, and ultimately help you prepare your customers for the inevitable challenges, nervousness, and anxieties that exist in our culture today when it comes to buying and selling a home. So we have a lot of good stuff to share. We're going to cover the state of the market, which is basically what's going on in the economy. We're going to cover the state of the industry, and there's a lot of war drums beating in real estate about disruption. There's hundreds of millions of dollars and even billions of dollars in real estate now in regards to trying to disrupt the industry. We're going to talk about that. And then ultimately, we're going to talk about the state of the agent, how you as an agent can prepare so that you can achieve great success in the coming year. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to take a little bit of time. I got some stats and facts. Kind of bear with me a little bit. I have this little accounting part, of actuary part of me that's this little nerd that likes to create systems and do data. I actually enjoy this stuff, believe it or not. This was my training in school, and so I enjoy the data. I like to present it in kind of a, a way that's manageable. And also this, I'm going to try to cut through the clutter because I will tell you that data is no longer data in the marketplace. It comes through a filter. And the filters now are so heavily biased in regards to political motivations or those kinds of things. I mean, we really don't even watch the news anymore, do we? It's kind of a presentation of the news. And so I will share that with you. When, the, when I go to prepare with this with my team, we are immersed in this. And we're reading the reports and we're reading all the data. We're also watching all the programs, whether it be Bloomberg, Market Calls, Fox Business, you name it, all the different dynamics. And it's just bizarre that I'm trying to just get some numbers and all I keep getting is opinions. And so much of the opinion filters the data. And that's why today you need to know I'm an Irishman. I'm a proud American by choice. I'm going to give you data. I'm going to give you facts. I'm going to give you stories purely and simply to help you prosper. I don't bleed and care who you vote for, okay? I don't. And I have no interest in being involved in that game at all. But today, I have to say this because all the data today is so pigmented with propaganda and influence. Are you guys with me? And so I'm going to just share with you just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts, okay? So let's talk about the state of the market. So let me give you an update. Inflation's very low. This is from the Fed chairman, Jerome Powell. 1.8% is very low inflation. We have low unemployment. We have 3.6% unemployment, historically lows. Now, I just want to give you a context. Ten years ago, full employment was classified at 6% unemployment. And one of the things you're going to hear about, especially next year, you're going to hear a lot of talk about recessions and people talking about recessions. And I want to get it off the board. There has never been, ever, in recorded economic history, a full employment recession. It's never happened. And I don't think it's going to happen. 
So 3.6% unemployment is actually a great rate. We actually need a few more people coming to the country, to be honest with you, to actually fill out our employment roles. We have a high labor participation rate at 63.3%. Long term, the chairman of the Fed would like to see that grow over time, but that's a very high participation rate. So we have a, a lot of people working, very few people unemployed. Consumer confidence is really where the dynamic is. And consumer confidence is at a 96. Now, there's a number of different matrix, and there's matrix that go to 130 and 120 and so on and so forth. I've always reported on a 1 to 100 scale. Just so you know, the main feeder for consumer index basically says anything above 90% is super high consumer confidence. So we have consumer confidence right now is almost at an all-time high. Now, one of the reasons of that, we have a very high stock market. So people's 401ks are very high. So they look at their numbers and they feel kind of good, you know, and that type of thing. And so consumer confidence is very, very high. Lawrence Yoon, who I just think is really, really talented man and the uh, chief economist for NAR, here's a few stats from him. He said, we have seven years of rising prices. That's what we've had. When he talks about trade wars, this is very important because you're going to hear a lot about this. And we've got trade wars going on right now, and more to come would be my guess. Trade war hurts business confidence, not consumer confidence. So it's a trailing effect. A long term, we want business confidence because we want those folks investing, we want them employing, we want them buying inventories, and those kinds of things. But ultimately, consumer confidence is what drives our industry. So a trade war hurts business confidence, not consumer confidence. And he predicted, as we all kind of know, and any realtor can tell you this, there's going to be a continued shortage of inventory. That's, <gasps> that's a great shock, isn't it? I mean, oh my gosh. So here's some facts and stats, and let me get a little nerdy with you, but hopefully this will help you. New home sales, 2018, 627, 2019, the projection will finish around 700,000. 2020 projection is going to rise to 750. Existing home sales, which is what most of us are participating in, in 2018 was 5.3 million. Now, this number just came out. 2019 is going to finish right around 5.46, which was higher than forecast. And there's been a nice bump here in the last 90 days. Projection will be even a little better next year, 5.56, somewhere around 5.6. 5.6 million transactions would be the fourth best real estate market in history. By the way, isn't it funny that I have to deliver such good news with so many different warnings? Because it doesn't feel like it's good news. Inflation is low. People are employed. People are engaged in the workforce. Rates are good. Houses are selling. Sorry to deliver the bad news. Things are good. We don't suck. Okay? Prices continue to grow up in our business, in our industry. Medium price growth. 2018, 5.7. 2019, 4.9. Projected around 4.3. And I, I like that. I don't like runaway pricing. I still like to see people, certainly first-time buyers and move-up buyers, still have access to somewhat of affordability in housing. 30-year rates. Now, I, I still have a hard time reading these numbers off with a straight face. Okay? Uh, I was in a real estate office in the early 90s when the interest rates at 10% for the first time. And I kid you not, the broker threw a pizza party. We had music. We were stirring the porridge. I mean, it was all 10%. So in 2018, we had to endure a crisis of interest rates at 4.7%. 2019, the average interest rate, 3.7. It's just nuts. I would not loan you my money. If you want a loan, you're not paying 3.7. Sorry. Okay. And next year is going to be about 3.7, 3.75. There's really nowhere for the rates to go. 
And so it's ridiculously low money. It's cheap money. Remember this when you're talking to your customers. I always tell people, you live in the payment, not the price. You live in the floor plan, not the square footage. Those are two great tips for working with a buyer. People get caught up in square footage. I go, no, you live in the floor plan. And then what about the price? You live in the payment. Unless you're paying cash, you're living in the payment. And so the payment is dictated by the rate. And the rate is everything. And the rates are good. Are you all with me? So there's some economic headwinds out there. European slowdown. Well, that's kind of an oxymoron. All Europeans are kind of slow, to be honest with you. And so the European market, their interest rates are below zero. Right now, their Federal Reserve is actually paying people to take money off their hands. And that's one of the issues. In fact, one of the issues right now, America has recently cut, and the Fed cut their rates, but they're like, we're not cutting it anymore because the economy's doing so good and, and inflation is low, and they don't want to overheat the economy, and there's a bit of a button heads between the president and the Fed. And I personally am on the Fed side on this one. I think it's good that he's holding the rates because it gives him a few bullets in the gun if something happens. Right now, Europe has no bullets in the gun, and just their market's slow. And it's an amazing deal that as worldwide as the economy is, China's slowed down a lot, Europe's slowed down a lot, and America's still cooking. Now, long term, we'd like everybody to be cooking, just so you know, okay? We make stuff, we like to go sell it to the Europeans, you know, things like that. Ongoing trade disputes, I think that's going to be a hallmark of the next few years, no matter what. And I'm going to say this, from an economic standpoint, one of the things to be prepared for is an intense political climate. Because of the nature of social media, because of the nature of stories, because of how things are reported now, with just a little bit of information off to the races, oh, bombshells and drama and crises and we outrage, everything's an outrage, you know. And so because of that, what we've seen, especially among millennial first-time buyers, they're more anxious than ever before, more anxious than any group ever to buy a home. They have more information, more access to information, but that's why you have to be very confident, you have to be very reassuring, and you've got to know your facts. You've got to know your facts. If you're waiting for positive news stories to give people a sense of reassurance, it is not going to happen, and it is especially not going to happen. 2020, my best advice in 2020 is if you've already decided who you're voting for and that kind of stuff, shut it off. You know, do a little headspace. Listen to some cool tunes. You know, listen to some good podcasts. I can recommend one for you. And so put some good stuff into your head. So here's my market predictions for you. We're going to have a very solid economy. You're going to hear words about recession. In fact, there was a hot story that came up about two months ago, and it was the market fell by 800 points and so on and so forth. And it was almost a dry run of an October surprise. Here's the dynamic. We have a very solid economy. And again, I know I'm talking a lot of politics. It's just because the framework is very important to a lot of people. The guy that I kind of rely on most, Lawrence Yoon, is excellent. Robert Schiller is the guy that can move the stock market. And the Schiller case reports are the real estate reports that basically dictate real estate values to the stock market. And he's, to me, is, he's, he's got great research. He's got a great mind. He's an open guy. And here's his statement that I want to give you today. A recession is likely years away. And when I talk about recession, recession, when we think in terms of recession, like my kids talk about it. I'm at dinner last night, and my 17-year-old twins are like, Dad, will we see another recession? And I go, wow, absolutely. And they're like, really? And I go, yeah, but you only know of one recession. And that recession was like no other recession. 
Recessions are not the end of the world. They're like a pressure cooker that takes the steam off when things go up and it levels off. And typically, you have a run-up in a market, three to four years, and a recession, 12 months to 18 months, takes the heat off. That typically would happen twice in a decade. That didn't happen, and what happened is there was monetary policies, there were some changes and things that led to the Great Recession, so that it was deeper, darker than any recession we'd seen since the Great Depression. And then secondarily, because it was such a deep, dark recession, we've had such a giant run-up. And we've had basically 10 years of, you know, one growth after another, after another, after another. And there's more growth to come. There will be recessions in the future. Big breath. <sighs> it's not a bad thing. Not a bad thing at all. It's just like a pressure cooker. Takes the steam off, stops the pot from blowing up on the stove. Are you with me? But I doubt we'll see the kind of great recessions we've seen here 10 years ago. Now, Lawrence Yoon concurs with that. From my perspective, the absence of a big trade war, the economy is set for more growth, not recession. Okay? And even in recessions, a recession can be based on what percentage of growth we lose. Does that make sense? So it's all good. So very solid economy, politically motivated market updates. Here's why I'm bringing all that up. Talking to clients during negative news cycles. That's what you're going to have to become expert at. You're going to have to talk to clients during negative news cycles, and it's just part of it. Look, when somebody's buying a home, they're nervous. They notice things they never noticed before. Okay? They're starting to talk and ask questions, you know? I'm buying a house in San Diego. Uh, I saw this thing on Climate Report. The sea's going up 13 feet. Is San Diego going to be underwater? Uh, I was just working on the inspections, you know? I was just trying to get you an appraisal. And so you're going to see these kinds of things. All of a sudden, a geopolitical story in part of the world, in a country that most Americans, the day before the story, didn't know where it was and couldn't point it out on a map, is going to be the reason someone doesn't buy a house in San Marcos. Are you with me? As a pro, you need to be able to bring that perspective. It needs to be based in truth. It needs to be based in facts. But you need to give people perspective. And, oh, by the way, I'm going to say this. I will say any agent doing over 24 deals next year will lose at least one sale because someone gets amped out because of the media. So you need to be prepared for it. You need to be prepared for it. You need to get skilled at it. And that's why I'm spending so much time talking about it. Because I talk to a lot of people, and I see where people are at. And so sometimes the facts and the feelings can't be separated. You guys with me? On the home front, we've got other things to be anxious about. So the market's good. The economy's good. We're going to sell more homes. The rates are good. Are we happy? Yes. Okay. In the meanwhile... We got some ants in the plants. Okay? And I'm going to talk about the state of the industry. So the big question is, is real estate ripe for disruption? There are billions and billions of dollars that say it is. There are billions and billions of dollars in investment that have come to real estate, and I've documented this in the past, that say real estate is going to be disrupted and is being disrupted as we speak. So I want to walk you through this, because it's the D word. Oh, it's kind of like back in the 60s, the communists are coming, right? The Russians are coming, the Russians are coming, build a bunker, the Russians are coming. And that's what disruption, disruption, ah, change, ah, right? So let me kind of walk you through. I want to, as I always do, give you a definition of what disruption is. And you'll find out it's not quite a boogeyman at all. So here's the definition. It's to change the traditional way that an industry operates, especially in a new and effective way. A new and effective way. Let me ask you, is new Okay. Is being more effective okay? Yes. I promise you this. The market will always find efficiencies. And technology and the technological world we live in today is going to find efficiencies. Look, I spent most of my career showing people homes with a Thomas Brothers map. 
Now, many of you in here have no idea what this is. But I will tell you that I spent much of my career lost with my clients, okay? Because the map ends, and you're on page 18, and then it goes H76, and you're like, where am I? I mean, I had a Thomas Brothers map my whole career. I still have no freaking idea, and I hope Mr. Thomas went bankrupt at the end of it all, because he ruined my life. Well, today you got GPS. Turn left now at the third stop. You can get it in an English accent. You can get it in a Jamaican accent, Monte, on right here. Okay? Whatever you want. Technology's cool, right? DocuSigns and all the different online. I mean, if DocuSign had been around when I was selling real estate, my wife and I would have owned a lot more homes because I'd have signed things in her name she never would have heard about. (laughs) So there's all these technologies that make things so much more efficient. Efficient, effective is good. Are you guys with me? So disruption's a good thing. Now here's, there's collateral damage. So here's an example. Kodak, fantastic American company, 100 years in business, yada, yada, filed bankruptcy. Why? Because people were doing this. Now guess what? How does it work? I've taken more photographs with my phone than I ever did with a camera. And I have done less with them than I have ever done. Okay? So now what's making a comeback? Film is making a comeback. People taking pictures. What were the Insta cameras we used to have? The Polaroids? I'm watching these millennials go, Oh my God, this is the greatest thing. Watch this. It's making a comeback, right? And so these kinds of things happen. Blockbuster, right? They were a great company. Brought a lot of entertainment to us. You remember how you used to get the charges if you didn't rewind the tape? Anybody under 30, Google this. It's fantastic. Okay? You actually had to go somewhere to get a movie, to bring it home, to rewind the tape, and da-da-da-da-da, lost the tape, late charges. I think I own stock in Blockbuster because of late charges, okay? Married to a global person, never understood return dates. <laughs> we get Netflix, you right? Now you can watch what you want, when you want it, okay? All the different things. My kids sat me down the other night to watch Mandalorian, Disney streaming. Like, Dad, what do you still got with TV? Dad, why do you have a TV? I'm like, we're watching on TV. But, Dad, no, it's not TV. Streaming. Mm. Consider myself disrupted. (laughs) You get the taxi business, right? They weren't in control of the lead. They'd wait outside the airport, so on and so forth. Along comes Uber. You know, 311 cities, 58 countries. They do 15 million trips a day. Crazy stuff. The hotel business, right? You'd have to look up in a thing called the Yellow Pages. I just saw this thing on Ellen. If you get a chance to look up on YouTube, Ellen had a millennial, had her looking up things in the Yellow Pages, and then had her use a rotary dial phone. I'm going to start showing it at the seminars. I literally fell off my chair watching this thing. Travel. You used to have to go to the travel agent. But how did you book a hotel in the past, right? You had a travel agent, or you, you had to go on a book and look around. It was a brutal thing, right? And all of a sudden, now here comes Airbnb. 100,000 cities, 191 countries. Six million listings they have, okay? Two million stays a night go on Airbnb. I love it. My attorney, uh, Mike Taylor, has been the company attorney here for 30 years. And every year, uh, Mike and I have this little deal. Mike likes to go to kind of exotic, kind of out-of-the-way places for his vacations, kind of dangerous. So every year, around this time of year, he hands me a letter. And he goes, in the case of my demise, you're the executor to my estate. Here's your instructions. I go, Mike, enjoy your vacation. Okay. And every year, this is the deal. So this year... He says, no, I'm not going crazy. I'm not going to die. I'm going to take a nice trip. And he booked an Airbnb in downtown Hong Kong. So he sent me pictures the other night. It turns out the riots are right in front of his bedroom. (laughs) That's my attorney. That's the guy supposed to keep me safe. Anyway, thank God for Airbnb. 
Okay, we all know department stores, right? Remember those? You can Google those. Sears, Macy's, Toys R Us. Okay, and here it is, and here's Amazon and so on and so forth. And all the different things that have changed. All the different things that have changed. Been disrupted. Tower Records. Anybody under 30 in the room? Anybody here? Okay. I mean, this is how we used to get things called music. And you had to wait until the album came out. And you stood in line. Because Duran Duran's latest (laughs) floppy hair classic was coming out. And you were going to wait in line. Okay. Bruce Springsteen. Here comes the boss. The line around the building. Now, Now you get to download it. Okay, Spotify, music. They don't have to pay for it. It's just, oh, no, it's just is My kids, they have no kind. No, Dad, what song do you want to hear? Oh, boom, 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 boom. Here's the thing. It's more effective. It's more efficient. It's more effective. It's more efficient. This is how it works, right? This is how it's gone. Now, you need to understand the pendulum swings with all of these things because there's still a thing called fundamentals. Expedia, who's, by the way, well, the founder of Expedia is behind Zillow in the middle of the real estate business. Watch what the uh, president and CEO of Expedia just came out with recently after they basically hammered the entire travel agency business, here's what he said. Expedia's first 20 years were all about traffic. The next 25 years is about putting the agent back in online travel, doing what the travel agent used to do. That is the key with disruption. They disrupt, they flip it upside down, then they come back around and say, man, there's still a need here fundamentally. I love this dude here. I love this quote. It says, my biz is so disruptive, I disrupt other disruptors. There you go. Very cool. I thought that was funny. You guys obviously didn't, but that's fine. That was David Lally's idea. So I'm going to give you five questions. At Buffini and Company, through our coaching staff and our client care and our sales teams, at our events, we'll be helping our clients understand this criteria very well so they can talk and understand from a broker standpoint, from an agent standpoint. I'm going to ask five questions. And if the answer to the question I ask you is yes, then it becomes a no for disruption. Did you guys catch that? So I'm going to ask you a question about real estate. If the answer is yes, it means it's very unlikely to be disrupted. So here's the first question. Is it a high price item? Is real estate a high price item? So yes to that question means no to what? Next. Is there risk attached? Big risk attached. So yes to the question means what? No to disruption. Is it an infrequent purchase? Yes. Yes means no to disruption. Is it a complex transaction? More complex than ever before. Yes to the question, no to disruption. And last, is it a unique product? Very bloody unique. Okay? Because you're dealing with not only real estate, you're dealing with people. And people are very unique. And what people find interesting and what fritzes someone out during a transaction is kind of unique. Okay? And every transaction I learn something on. And so you're going to hear all this stuff. You're going to hear real estate brands, real estate companies, and everybody's leaning into it. Here's what I'm going to say to you. The real estate business is not being disrupted. The business of real estate, buying, selling homes. The real estate industry is, and the dynamic of it, how companies are organized, how they're structured. That's all getting shook out right now in front of our eyes. And I know a lot of people who are watching this program, and I want to talk about brands here today, not in a way to take shots or in any way, because we do business with all the brands. And we have great support with all the brands. And there's a bunch of brands, companies sitting down watching this thing live today. But I want to show you where the challenges are because my job is to point out what's coming so you can navigate and win. Does that make sense? And there's some challenges. So you'll hear this iBuyers. iBuyers is huge press right now, huge voice right now. Oh, by the way, Zillow has been, since it entered real estate, trying to figure out how to make money. You know how Zillow's making money right now? Flipping houses. 
That's how zeal. If you go read their 10Q, the only reason their stock is up there flipping houses. That is not how they came in and terrorized the real estate. Oh my God, the boogeyman's coming. One of the next things that's the boogeyman's coming is iBuyers. Oh my gosh, someone can go online, get an offer, sell their house, don't need to talk to a realtor, yada, yada. So here's what an iBuyer is. Homeowners go to an iBuyer to get an instant offer. If the homeowner accepts the offer, they're done, and they'll get their check in a few days. They sell their home to a company, not another person. The house does not go on the market, and the iBuyer quickly spruces up and sells the home. Okay? And there's a bunch of these. Okay? So here's just a few of them. As I mentioned, Zillow right now is making money flipping houses. They're not making money with their core business, charging realtors six grand a month to generate impressions. Just like that. <laughs> Open Door has one. OfferPad, Redfin. A lot of money behind these companies. Huge money. Uh, now the real estate companies. Keller Williams has an iBuyer program. And this is freaking stuff out. A Remax did a deal with Redfin. And because Redfin has an iBuyer program, it freaked out the leadership at Remax. And they canceled the deal. And to me, it's all boogeyman stuff. It's all boogeyman, boogeyman, boogeyman stuff. So I'm going to show you a specific example. And I have her permission to share this because I think it's very illuminating. So Barbara Beth's been with us over 15 years in coaching, wonderful gal, very active in the California Association of Realtors. And so she said, to stay informed, I decided to request an offer on my own home from an iBuyer platform. The house is worth about $875, okay? But guess what their offer was? $712. If I sold it, I would have netted $822, but after their service charge, some of the service charges of iBuyers are up to 16%. At the very least, it's 8 So it's more than real estate. So you're not saving on commissions. So after their service charge, which sounds like, you know, like when you go to have major surgery and they call it a procedure, okay, their service charge, they quoted me a net of 648000 Here's the thing. If she'd have gone to an iBuyer, she'd have lost $173,000 of her equity. Are you with me? So I have a little dialogue for you. If somebody says to you, what about iBuyer? What about iBuyer? I would just say to them, let me ask you, do you like me? Do you like me? Like, am I a person you like? Great. Well, why don't you sell your house to me? I'll write you the same check, so I will be the buyer for your home. I'll be the iBuyer. Okay? Because if you're going to take that kind of a haircut to a big, bad company like that, why don't you do that with me, and I'll, I'll make the money. Now, what I'd rather do as your agent is go represent you. And I'd rather you kept that money. And what I'd much rather do is you're so happy at the end of our transaction that you tell all your friends how much more money I made you than what you would have got from an iBuyer. Would that be good? I'm willing to buy it. And I'm a realtor, and I'm broke, but I am going to find the money. <laughs> if you're going to make 173 grand, call me. I'll help you. Okay? Find the money. So that's how you do it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Don't be scared. Oh, oh, oh. Big bad eye buyers in the marketplace. They don't need me. They don't need me anymore. It is a shellacking to the consumer. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so let's not do that. Don't look him in the eyes. I'd rather put the money in your pocket. I know you'd like to have this over with. It'd be great the thought it could happen tomorrow, but you're going to pay an extraordinary price for that. Okay? I want to make you happy, and I want you to get the full value of your home. And then I just want one favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. Okay? Great. That's how you end up with a jet. Okay. So, <laughs> nationally, in 2018, iBuyers accounted for approximately 25,000 transactions. Okay? 15,000 were purchases and 10,000 sales. That's out of... 5.46 minutes, less than 2%. Okay? Two-tenths of a percent. Two-tenths. Small little campsite. Two-tenths, as they say in Dublin. Okay? Very small. Not even worth talking about. What I like to say, it's a mouse with a megaphone. Okay? 
Big talk, big talk. Why? Because there's huge publicly traded money. We're going to disrupt the industry. We're disrupting real estate. Go directly. Just go directly, just like you can buy a hotel room. You don't need realtors anymore. Save all the money. And it is a flipping hose job. Are you with me? Know your facts. Look them in the eye. Know the stats. Quote the stats. Be able to communicate the stats. Let me give you the big picture here. Disruption starts with unhappy customers, not technology. Technology is not something to be feared. It's something that helps. Disruption happens because unhappy customers happen. Disruption happens because the customer is not getting their needs met. Let me be honest with you. I'm sad that a lot of travel agents went out of business, but I remember trying to book a trip with a travel agent. And you needed to be months and months and months out. And many times you'd find out, hang on a second here, I'm on the same trip with a friend of mine and they paid an awful lot less than I did, yada, yada, yada. That's what started it. Are you guys with me? So the key component is how we focus on our customers. This is where I see the concerns for real estate. And this, to me, is a silent disruption to our industry. This is, to me, no different than the recession's coming, than the shortage of inventory's coming. But this is silent, and nobody's talking about it, but I'm talking about it. We've got to keep our eyes on the prize. So I'm going to share with you what my industry predictions are. Here's the first one. And again, a little deep breath. This won't make me popular amongst everyone in North America right now who owns a real estate company. But national franchises are struggling with their unique selling proposition. And that is going to continue. Local brokerage profits continue to fall. I'm going to show you the numbers, but I'm going to give you the context of the numbers and why I'm concerned about this. And then I'm ultimately going to share with you what is absolutely replacing that is a significant expansion of teams, which is not a revelation to anybody. I'm just going to give you some data. Make sense? So let me talk to you about this. And again, with all due respect to all the franchises and all the national brands that we work with and do work with now, here's what's happened in the marketplace. National franchises have had to work so hard on their unique selling proposition to the agent, to you, the agent, to recruit an agent and to retain an agent Companies have become inwardly focused and so focused on their USP to their agents that they've disconnected from the consumer. Watch this. I'm going to put up a list of brands. Now, I'm not picking on anybody. I could put up another 10, 20, 30 brands. But as a buyer or seller consumer, when a consumer sees those brands, what do they think? What do they think? Any one of those brands. You know what they think? Nothing. The only connection they have is if they had an agent who worked for that company. And if they had a, an agent who did, had a bad experience, that's the one thing that will hold over. And they say, I don't want to work with someone from that company again. That sometimes carries over. And you can still fight through that and make that happen. But I'm going to show you that these companies have, because what's happened is, oh, with all the technology and Zillow, the fight for the consumer is over. And I'm going to say this, the consumer fight is never over. For me, as the chairman of Buffini Company, we have 22,000 members. People say, what's well, like to own your own business and this and any other? I do not own my own business. I have 22,000 owners of this business. And every month, they have a chance to hire me or fire me and fire my company. And every month, it's my endeavor, along with our staff, to earn our customer's business. Our eye is on our customer. And they have the right to find somebody else who can do it better, cheaper, more effectively. That's their right, and it's our job to go compete with that. Are you guys with me? So I want to give you an example. And again, I'm giving two examples. I don't want to pick on anybody. I don't want to make anybody feel bad. But I just want to show you what's happened in real estate. Since 1972, the most recognizable brand in real estate was this sign right here. Century 21. 
when sitcoms are on, people are wearing gold jackets and this and any other. That was the most recognizable sign since 1972. So what do we do? We innovate. We innovate, and it looks like this. Unrecognizable, unbrandable. I know agents that are doing deals with people in C21 that didn't even know they were working with a Century 21 agent. I'm not trying to beat up on you C21 people. I'm challenging your company to go get in the consumer game. And I can sit down and I can go through every brand and I'm not trying to make enemies and I'm not trying to offend people, although people will get offended. But I'm okay telling the truth so that, because I'm interested in every one of those brands succeeding. And the way to succeed, get in the consumer game. Agents, we've been so demanding of what we get and what we want that the companies have turned inward towards us and have lost our collective brand and our collective message to the consumer. We all got to get back to the customer. Does that make sense? That's who our boss is. That's who we work for. Here's the next thing. Local brokerage profits continue to fall. Again, so much competition for agents. People now paying agents to come on over. No, 100% commission. Here's $50,000 in stock or whatever else is being promised. And the local brokerage profits continue to fall. Now, the reason I am concerned about these numbers, and you look at it, you're going from 22% to 16 to 14. doesn't seem so terrible. The reason why this is bad news is that this has been one of the most unprecedented growth periods in the history of real estate. So when your revenue is going down during unprecedented growth, and the number's coming in lower already this year, it's not quite finished, but it's coming in lower again. When you're going down while the market's going up, you have a fundamental problem. Does that make sense? Now, for agents, you better make sure you're working for a profitable broker that has the fundamentals in place. Any broker watching this program, I've had... Vague advice for brokers in the last 18 months. I'm going to say this to you. We have a plan for you. We have an opportunity for you. You brokers, contact us at Buffini and Company, and we're going to share with you how to prosper and grow through this environment. But I'm going to share with you, you're going to see more and more brokers go out of business. I believe we will lose half of the brokers that we have in place today within the next 36 months. Okay? Significant expansion of teams. Doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. 2013, there were 1,700 teams in the U.S. doing over a million dollars in closed commissions. By 2018, that number was up to 6,300 teams. The number projected right now for this year is going to be over 8,000, heading towards 10,000 teams doing over a million dollars in commissions a year. Teams are growing. Teams are a very significant dynamic. We at Buffini Company are right now, as we speak, building a brand new teams coaching program which includes a whole bunch of teams training, team leader training, and then for the actual team members. And that's going on as we speak. It's a huge dynamic in the real estate business, and it's where we're going. So we're helping people in that. Last but not least here, now that I've scared the hell out of all of you, let's go with the state of the agent, okay? I'm going to say this. I'm going to give three pieces of advice that absolutely positively will help someone prosper in 2020. No question about it. First, work on your skills. Work on your skills. We are getting compensated for being highly skilled people. For me personally, I'm 33 years around real estate. It's the least skills I've ever seen demonstrated in the industry. I'm involved in transactions myself, buying and selling my own properties. And I have never seen agents this poorly trained, this poorly skilled. And I'm going to say to you, the more we erode the skills, the more opportunity that arises for the truly skilled. Does this make sense? There is going to be an even greater haves and haves-nots in real estate than even exists now. The beautiful thing about it is it's about merit. You know, I spoke at the National Association of Realtors here about a month ago, and I followed Billie Jean King. It was kind of really interesting talking. Billie Jean's thing is really about 
she's very powerful on the women's rights and equal pay and equal opportunity and all that kind of stuff. And after I got up, I went, well, that was kind of cool, but we're in real estate. And since we had a mass influx of women come into real estate between 1972 and 1975, that more than half of the real estate agents were women, we don't have a disparity of pay in real estate. We don't have a disparity of fairness or opportunity in real estate. It's an unbelievable business. It's a meritocracy. You get out of it exactly what you put in. It's a beautiful business. It's the reason I've been so attracted to it my whole life. I love real estate itself. I love the housing part. I love what it does for people. And I love the buying and selling. And I love the wheeling and the dealing. And I love the opportunity to make something happen and generate a lead, go bring it all the way through to closing. It is a highly skilled profession, and you need to be working on your, your skills. Here's a couple of questions for you. How much skill development are you set aside in your calendar this month? You know how realtors work on their skills? They sit in the kitchen table, and the deal goes bad. And they go, oh, I learned from that one. Okay, yes, you did. You just lost a $12,000 commission. That was a very expensive training session. The same person will look at me and say, 300 bucks for a training program? Are you kidding me? And they make eight more sales. Are you with me? Work on your skills. Become a total pro and provide superior service. Those are the three big things. Work on your skills, become a total pro, total pro, and provide superior service. So a dynamic here, and again, this is kind of like, it's kind of like a little bit of the locker room speech before you go into the year, okay? So I want to hug you up, I want to love you up, and I don't mind kicking you in the arse just a little bit. Does that make sense? And so what the dynamic is, I've been doing all these interviews lately, and it's been kind of interesting People are looking for this mysterious, magical formula that I somehow came up with. And there's a system in place here with the calls and the notes and the Popeyes. There's a mindset here in regards to serving people and exceeding their expectations. There's a format that I followed in how I asked for referrals and did client parties and worked the referral system. But they keep looking for like the app or the shortcut. So finally, I've started coming clean and I started really kind of letting people know in these interviews. And I did a bunch of stuff at NAR where I go... I'm going to tell you the secret to my success. I work my little Irish ass off. (laughs) And now that I have a bigger ass, I'm still working it off. (laughs) Every day. Now, I don't need to work, but I love the work. And I'm still working. And so my encouragement to people in 2020, I'm going to give every one of you today a gift. I want you to go to your Spotify or wherever you get play music. and I want you to download a song. And this is the song that I want you to be your theme for 2020. And it goes back to the golden era in the 70s when I was cool. (laughs) Bell bottoms, flares, big collared shirts, black hair. And the song is called Do the Hustle. Okay? You remember that? And the whole thing with Do the Hustle is to hustle. You got to go hustle to generate a lead. And then when you get a lead, you got to hustle to show the client and really be on it. And then during the transaction, during the transaction, people go to sleep. I'm watching these trends. People go to sleep. you got to hustle. So during the course of 2020, as you're armed with your statistics and you're armed with your knowledge and you're armed with your perspective, I want you to play this little tune. And when you're feeling down, I want you to play this little tune. And when there are no leads coming in, it's time to go do the hustle. Because if you do the hustle with the working by referral system, you're going to get leads. Is that true? And if you do the hustle during a transaction and your customers see you doing the hustle for them, they're going to refer you. And if you do the hustle during a transaction, you're actually going to close the transactions and get paid. Because people don't get paid when they don't hustle during the transaction. Now then what we do is we teach it in coaching to take a break 
and to take your vacations and to have your time off. But hustle before you take a break. Does that make sense? And so what we're looking for is we want success without work. We want money without sacrifice. And it's just not the way the world works. And I would be remiss as the head of a coaching company to set you up for failure by saying, hey, just work our little magic, send out your items of value, sit back and let it all flow in. We've got to do the hustle, okay? And we've got to do the hustle because here we are. Now our income still stuck. 31900 in gross commissions before expenses, before taxes. Now the good news is not a lot of taxes, so they're really kind of sticking it to the man, okay? <laughs> You're not the boss of me, okay? And so here we go. And again, we'll be updating these numbers here in the new year. But we just have a, a great contrast between the people that are working our system and are being coached by the best coaching team in North America. And just the results are there. And with a little bit of hustle. We want to help you be more skilled. We build out training programs. Now, we used to build a training program every seven years. Now we're building them every year because the skills are changing and need to change and enhance. This brand new training program, The Pathway to Mastery, we've had over 11,000 people take it so far. It's great stuff, if I don't mind saying so myself. Okay? Now, here's the thing. The most referable skill is negotiation. Are you guys aware of that? When somebody refers you, they negotiated me a great deal. It's people's biggest fear that they pay too much or they leave it on the table. So when you're a great negotiator and you're skilled, they refer you. What are you doing to work on your negotiation skills? Doing negotiations. Practicing on your customers. Okay, that's live surgery practice, boys and girls. The five types of buyers, how the buyers have changed and how the markets change. And how you have to communicate with this type of buyer differently than this. You got to talk to a millennial differently than you do someone who's a baby boomer who's downsizing. Does that make sense? And then how to present like a pro. People think presentation is out of the business. I think it's at an all-time high. And I think it's what separates. I think it's what it fights through multiple offers. I think it's what gets the listing as opposed to not getting the listing. Again, people are not working on it. Where are you working on your skills? And then ultimately, one of the key ingredients is how to create your own inventory in this market. If you create inventory, you can control your own business. List to last has been around for 50 years. It'll be around for 50 years. What are you doing to create your own inventory? As opposed to, I have buyers, but I have no houses to sell. There is going to be a shortage of inventory for years to come. I want to say this. No individual agent needs to have a shortage of inventory themselves. The shortage of inventory is based on macroeconomics, we have less houses being built than the demand to buy them. Are you guys with me? But in personal economics, that doesn't have to affect you at all. So improve your skills. Next, be a total pro. Become a total pro. And this is really a huge commitment. And by the way, if you want to know what my emphasis is for the year, watch what I'm doing with Buffini and Company. For 24 years, my life's work was the Turning Point Retreat and now lately the Success Tour. That's where my DNA, my blood, sweat, and tears is more buried in that than anything else. And we're retiring our two-day events this year. And next year, I'm coming out with 10 events that's called a master class. In the events in the past, I would teach people introductory stuff like, hey, you need to call your database. You need to sort a database. You need to do Popeyes. Here's what a Popeye is. In the master class, I'm going to show what people at the very highest level do with this. Not this is what to do. This is how to do it. I'm going to show how I can get a return phone call from anyone I leave a message for. I'm going to show how I actually write notes to get a response from anyone I write a note to. I'm not going to show you, hey, here's the introductory stuff, and I've been doing that for 24 years. I'm going to take people from here to here. Now, if someone's coming to us as new, we have all kinds of training programs for that. Does that make sense? But when you come to this new masterclass, you're going to get exposed to the very highest level of how things are being done. And then we're going to introduce you to the very highest level 
of our members, of both what we call the knowledge pool. Here's these fantastic ideas that people are doing, very invigorating. They do this, they do this, they do all these fun things you can do uh, to exceed your client's expectations, stand out in the marketplace. And then in each market we go to, we're going to bring the best of the best to kind of share their best practices and very engaging. So this masterclass, it's on like Donkey Kong. Here's the thing. I've kind of suspended my own desire because my DNA is in the two-day event for who my boss is, and that's the customer. And so what we're going to do, and especially all you members, my goal is that every member inside Buffini Company attends a master class next year. I'm coming to you. Here's the 10 cities I'm coming to. I haven't been on the road this much in years. So Beverly's very happy about this. <laughs> but there you see Seattle and Northern Cal, Anaheim, Arizona, Denver, Dallas, Philly, Toronto, Rhode Island, and Northern Virginia. So we're coming to see you, okay? So you can go on to Buffini Company and see where you can uh, go catch a master class, and it will help elevate your skills couple of little stats for you on all this thing. 91% of customers say they give a referral after a transaction, and yet only 11% of salespeople ask for referrals. You're right. And I wonder what percentage of that 11% are our guys. Would you agree? No doubt. Okay. Here's top sales world. Fantastic stats. Salespeople who actively seek out referrals earn four to five times more than those who don't. This is just in sales. What did I show you guys earlier? 31 grand to 358 grand? It's closer to 12 times in the referral system. You get what you're looking for. If you're looking for trouble, if you're looking for problems, you're going to find problems. If you're looking for referrals and asking for referrals, you're going to get them, providing you do the hustle and do a great job for people. And that's the last part here is provide superior service. Say the word superior. superior. Superior is not a snob phrase. It is a discernible differentiation. Don't just give people what they paid for. Man, if Buffini and Company just gave people what they paid for, we'd have been out of business a long time ago. Our commitment is to give everybody more than what they paid for. Here's Forbes. says, on average, it costs five times more to attract a new customer than it does to retain the existing one. And for me, in referrals, is retaining customers is all about doing a great job with the people who may not buy a house for another seven or ten years, but you've retained them in your database, you've retained them in your culture, you've retained them in their walk and talk and billboards. I just had a chance to interview a lady who's the head of OPI, Susie Weiss Fishman, and so if any of you have acrylic nails, I know more about now all the nail colors and, you know, no, I'm not really a waitress and all of the different colors and everything else. The girls think I'm totally woke now with all of this stuff. Here's the thing. Here's the guy who built a business up from the ground into a giant international brand by focusing 100% on who? On the customer, on constantly making it better. And she understood her customer was the salons and then the people they put the nails on. And all she did was think all day long, what do they need? What do they need? What do they need? What do they need? And be superior about it, okay? That's what we want to do. Now, to wrap up here today, I have a little gift for you because when I do a pop-by, I always bring a little gift and I want to be a good example for you. Do you guys agree that the media is pumping out a lot of stories and it's kind of a negative environment nowadays, yes or no? Is it kind of dramatic and kind of over the top? Do you think that type of negativity could possibly impact your customer? So what we want to do is arm you with some facts and some stats and also do it in a graphically pleasing manner, okay? So we have our real estate report. And so this is the Buffini Company real estate report, and it has some cool stuff in there. We have a Canadian version for all our Canadian friends, and it covers the state of the market. It covers the buyer profile, who's buying, how they're buying, what they're buying seller profile, and also communicates about who you are and why you work by referral. It's something you can print out. It's something you can put on your iPad. It's something you could give to your customer. So go to buffiniancompany.com slash disruption because we want to disrupt that. 
Also, the dynamic here is, as I've traveled around this year, again, we've had a huge success. Probably this year will be our most successful launch of a new training program. But I was kind of shocked to find out so many of our members had not taken the new training because they thought, oh, I got that. And then when I taught them a little bit about the program, like I taught a little buyer session at our success tour, they were kind of blown away, like, oh, my gosh, I'm missing out. So for that sake, what we're doing is we are running a little special for our members here for a couple of weeks to go take the pathway to mastery so you can get a couple hundred bucks off. I want you to get this training before I give you the next trainings. Does that make sense? Because I got several more trainings coming. This stuff right here will give you like a crash course for eight weeks and help you elevate your professionalism, elevate your skills, help you make more sales. Does that make sense? So you can go in there to the old buffini.com disruption page and you'll find all the deals for that. That being said, here's what we covered. We covered the state of the market. Is the economy doing pretty well, yes or no? Yes. Is it better than being reported? Yes. Yeah. We covered the state of the industry. Is the industry doing okay? Are there some changes to the industry? Yes. Yes. And then we covered the state of the agent and individually how you can control your own economy, you can control your own opportunity, and you can ultimately control your own future. What a magical business we live in. What a magical business we work in, that you can actually direct and control your own revenue while blessing people, giving a set of keys to a person who never thought they'd own a home, helping someone move on and get their kids into the school they want to, helping people buy that second home or vacation home, helping the person who's lived a really good life who wants to maybe relocate to somewhere a little warmer, maybe a little less expensive, and you help them make that dream come true. That's a big deal. That's been driving me for 33 years. And you're the people who make it happen. And the people who make it happen deserve the opportunity to make a really good living. Does that make sense? That's my uh, philosophy of what goes around comes around, right? So I just talked to my mom. She just celebrated her 89th birthday, okay? And, you know, the one thing she's told me for 52 years is this little phrase, you can do it, Briny. And no matter what, and I was actually on the phone calling her on the way up to the studio here today, and she finished up the same way, and I'm like, man, you are something else. And I thought, you know what, I've had that behind me all the time. And, and I, I want to say this, maybe if I could pass this on in any way to be Therese Buffini's boy, would be this. You can do this. You can do this business and you can do well. If you have a desire to serve people, you can do it. If you have a desire to really exceed people's expectations, you can do this. If you want to become a top pro, you can do it. Because it's just learning the skills that match up with your style and your personality. Like we do when we match people up with the heritage profile. You can do this. You can have a great business and you can have a great life and you can serve your customers in a fantastic way. And that ultimately is the boldest prediction I have because that's what this business offers and that's what the opportunity is. And I wish you the very best of success in 2020. I hope you come see me at a masterclass. I hope you listen to your coaches. I hope you work the system and I hope you're able to help your customers navigate through all the challenges and have your best year ever. Thanks for joining me today and thanks to all of you. Well, we hope you liked today's show. We always look forward to Brian's bold predictions, and as usual, he didn't disappoint. To grab the real estate report he mentioned, visit buffiniandcompany.com slash disruption. And to sign us off, I'll leave you with Brian's mom, Therese. May the road rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields, and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.